The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was about 14 years old, I played Little League. I know, you're probably wondering why I never went pro. But the truth is, I was not a star athlete. In those days, I was about 65 pounds. All the kids on the team were better and bigger and stronger than me. I could barely swing a bat. But I enjoyed playing, and I was on a team with so many of my good friends that it was still fun. They had abilities, though, that I did not possess. They had different skills. They never lost a game that year. So sure, I had fun, and from my position on the bench, I laughed and learned. I got to hang out and appreciated the uh, learning from my coach and my friends. But I didn't get to participate. I didn't get to play as much as I would have liked. So when I did, I almost always strike out. But they encouraged me. And even though my performance was on a different level, shall we say, we were a team. And by the time the playoffs rolled around, I excused myself from the team, who went on to win the championship. And many of them are still my friends to this day. Team sports are one of the ways that we can still find community and commonality despite our differences. Where families with different backgrounds and lived experiences can communicate and grow in relationships. And I want to say that church can be like that too. Isn't church that place where we might have different understandings and experiences of God yet come together to worship, to pray? to be together. And we might call ourselves Lutherans or Presbyterians or Pentecostals or Episcopalians or Baptists even, but we all have faith. And we have placed our trust in God. We study scripture. We give of our time and treasure. We pray for one another. We serve our neighbors in love in whatever ways that we've been gifted to do so. We place a high value on gathering together and worshiping. And when one suffers, we suffer with them. We work to bring healing and comfort and relief. We stay faithful together no matter what. And it always occurs to me that when somebody's having a hard time or when I'm having a hard time, there are others here in this community that pick me up, that pray when I don't have the words, that sing the songs when my breath is taken away. When you sing that hymn and it just gets you and you start to break down a little bit, Those people around you are singing with you and for you, even if you're in your living room or your bedroom or your home office. That's why we long to be together. And this kind of suffering, just having to stay home and worship online, it might not amount to the kind of suffering like we hear about in the Bible, but we feel it nonetheless. But this book of Lamentations shares differing ideas on how God is active in suffering. We have different questions. Does God cause the calamities that occur over the generations? Does God allow bad things to happen and remain hidden from us? Is the one who creates also the one to inflict vengeance and punishment on our enemies? Or is God working in our joys and our pain to bring justice, wholeness, and new life? Maybe you've had questions like that from time to time in your life. And we hear a little bit of these competing and coexisting theologies in the book and in our reading today and in our world as well. 
I mean, it's true that some of us have experienced more difficulties than others. Maybe you've been affected by addiction, abuse, divorce, disease, or the death of a loved one. Others have faced natural disasters, war, migration, financial disaster. And sometimes we suffer because of the choices we've made. And yet other times we cannot avoid affliction. This book, Lamentations, is a poetic book. And if you saw it in Hebrew, you would notice that it reads as an acrostic. Each stanza begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And the first two and the last two chapters each have 22 verses, one for each letter. This third chapter that we read from today has 66 verses, and those letters get repeated three times each for emphasis so that we really hear what's going on. We heard last week this voice of the detached funeral singer explaining the destruction of Jerusalem, reporting and lamenting. Then from Lady Zion herself, Jerusalem personified, calling us to behold her suffering. The first voice we hear in this reading today comes from one who's been known as the strong man. He pronounces with confidence, I am the one, or it might be read, I am the man. He's a protector or a leader of people who has been injured and forced to suffer seemingly by God through the work of enemies. And he struggles to have hope for the future and yet still clings to God even when times are at their worst. And in his words, he paraphrases even Psalm 30, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are fresh. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If you've had to face difficulties, suffering in your life, in any of the forms it might take, you can imagine how hard it must be for this one to endure this kind of pain and still have faith. And the context, yes, is this fall of Jerusalem. It's been conquered by the Babylonians. The temple is destroyed, torn down. The people he was charged with protecting are gone. The elites, the leaders, the wise ones, the priests, many of them were taken away into exile in Babylon, far away from their homeland. Who's left? Women who've been made into widows, children left orphans. And he's at rock bottom, realizing that his own power, his own strength cannot save him. Sometimes that's what it takes for us to truly receive and trust in the grace of God. Martin Luther wrote that a person must utterly despair of their own ability before they are prepared to receive the grace of Christ. Sometimes in our lives we are able to give voice to what is happening around us, even if it's not happening to us. Other times we get involved and speak truth to power on behalf of others, or even lay down our own bodies on the line for our neighbors. And on occasion we fall down so hard that we can no longer do anything but hold on to faith, fully relying on God's mercy and Jesus. There is suffering all around us. 
anxiety is high and frustration comes even when we think we're doing the right thing. And it can feel like we're riding the bench, unable to get in the game. Because we want to fix things around us so often, don't we? Or we want to fix other people. Good luck with that one. We want to do more or less or find balance between the two. We want answers and not opinions. So we don't always get what we want. That's okay. That's okay. The voice of the strong man in this text continues to rejoice. Even when the world is falling down around him to say, God, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. We continue to wait for things to change, for suffering to end, for immigrants and refugees, for healing for the Navajo Nation and justice for our black and brown neighbors, for protection and liberty for our LGBTQIA plus siblings. We want our nation to be at peace and our cities to thrive. We want safety and prosperity for our neighbors and our families. We want to get back to our routines, and yet it may be a way off. How can we rejoice in the midst of suffering? What do we do while we wait? The word tells us the Lord is good to those who wait for him. It is good that one should wait quietly. Sometimes we have to call it as we see it and just remain faithful together. We know that God is good even when we are hurting. And God's promises don't just disappear because our hearts are sick, just because our eyes grow dim. The author of this book still wonders, what is taking God so long? Has God rejected the people forever? When will the morning come? Well, it doesn't come through our own actions, deeds, or strength. Ultimately, they fail us. Ultimately, healing, change, hope. God's preferred new future comes to us through the place of suffering, through the cross. It comes through the living and risen word. Throughout the world where the forgiveness of sin is proclaimed and pronounced to those who have suffered for far too long. when they hear this release, this liberation from guilt and shame. It comes through the power of the creative spirit that is making all things new, even when we can't see it, even when we do not perceive it. And in the meantime, we hold on to one another and we sacrifice and serve as we are able. We pray and hope for a better day. We cry out for the needs of our neighbors. We show up and listen and learn. Together, we have suffered. Together, we worship. Together, we pray and call on God. We are faithful together. No matter our different experiences, perspectives, or understandings of the holy divine and the uniqueness of each individual, we are one humanity, solely dependent on the grace of our heavenly parent, united in Christ Jesus. And this freedom, this love, this hope remains through the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit.
Amen.